0: It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas
1: Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, a chilly day in the Vegas Valley. The Thanksgiving holiday and whatever extended weekend may have come with it for you is in the rearview mirror. It is Monday. We are back to work and the Golden Knights get back to work on their Western Canadian road trip. We'll get you set for it on Nighttime at Noon. Brian McCormick. Justin Russo here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You can also follow the simulcast on all of the Golden Knights Team Digital channels. So, welcome back to Studio 31 and for the Henderson so- uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Look at that! Always oh, trying to <laughs> break yesterday. character right off the start for the Vegas Golden Knights out on the road. Three day- games in four days uh, through. Western Canada starting tonight in Calgary. It'll be Calgary tonight, Edmonton tomorrow, and then Vancouver on Thursday. Challenging stretch for a uh, Golden Knights team that's coming off a, a 2 nothing shutout loss against the Arizona Coyotes on home ice, uh, one of their lone home games in a sea of road hockey. Uh, but a game after which we, we heard some frustration, a little bit of aggravation for a Golden Knights team that uh, scoring has, has dried up a little bit of late.
2: Yeah, two nothing loss to Arizona, and you know, it's unfortunate they had this long road trip, and then they get to come home for a quick game, and they're right back on the road, so they don't really have a lot of time to reacclimate themselves here in Vegas, but. You know, getting back on the road, trying to rally around each other and against some tough Pacific Division opponents here, uh, especially that Thursday game in Vancouver. That's going to be a big one with the Canucks just one point behind them in the standings.
1: So we'll start with some chit-chat on the Arizona game. And again, get you set for tonight uh, in Calgary. We're also going to have Director of Player Development Will Nickel on the program in our next segment. With me and Justin are sitting here behind the desk. It's, uh, it's like yesterday for the Golden Knights practice it was a skills day. This is a development day, so we'll talk a little bit about the players yeah. coming down the pike. Uh, and that includes Ben Hemmerling, who joined the VGK Uh, family this week as well signing his entry-level contract so we'll have Will Nickel on to discuss uh, later on the program talk some broader NHL news and then at the end of the program we'll hear from Bruce Cassidy his comments earlier today uh, in preparation of tonight's game against the Calgary Flames so again for the Vegas Golden Knights what I thought was interesting is you know I went back and I listened to Bruce Cassidy's post-game comments versus his comments earlier in the day and you could kind of feel a shift um, as you would expect after a, a loss, where there's some frustration. But earlier in the day, he was talking about, okay, the offense has dried up a little bit. You know, he, he's not losing sleep over one area of the game or the other, but gotta start finding some scoring again uh, for the Golden Knights, dating back to the the five nothing win over San Jose about midway through the month. Uh, two three and one over their last six games. Eleven goals in those six games, but a huge chunk of those eleven goals scored in Philadelphia and in Montreal around those. Three shutout losses which has been discussed, um, but after the game for Bruce Cassett, you heard a little bit more, uh, a little fire under the under the surface, um, where it went to the direction of. It sounded like he thought, like you know, we're getting out worked, and and I think mm-hmm. for the, for the difference for the Golden Knights who are getting chances, they had some good chances against Connor Ingram who played very very well. They didn't give up a lot defensively against the Arizona Coyotes, but this is a Golden Knights team that we're more often seeing imposing its will and dictating the flow of games. A little less so during this lull.
2: Yeah, you know, I think the previous shutouts, too, you know, you can look at that Washington and that Pittsburgh game. They had a lot of chances in that game, and Jonathan Marcheseau even said after the Pittsburgh one, he said, you know, if I bury my chance in the first period and I'm able to score a goal there, it can changes the complexion of that game completely. So I think in those previous two shutouts, they were looking at themselves saying, okay, we got the chances. We're just not getting the puck luck right now, we're going to get it to go eventually, but... I think what's especially frustrating in that loss to Arizona is that you get a great goaltending performance from Logan Thompson, and he did everything he could to keep them in that game. And to your point about Bruce Cassidy, just talking about not being able to get that little extra. You know, they, they had 34 shots on goal as opposed to only 18 for Arizona. So defensively did enough to hold Arizona and you know, limit their offensive chances, but just need to get something going offensively and it hasn't just come lately.
1: And playing a little bit from behind as well. Now when you're having a hard time scoring goals, it's going to happen. If you, if, you, if you get shut out, Obviously, you're going to play from behind during that game, but uh, the back-and-forth nature of the uh, the win in Montreal, the back-and-forth nature of the loss in Philadelphia, again, games where they fell behind by a couple and, and scrapped their way back in, found ways to get points. Again, this is not a team that's playing poorly by any means. They're playing well defensively, not giving up a lot, but trying to find ways to score. And you could hear Bruce Cassidy say uh, post-game after the Arizona loss, Mark Stone, Jonathan Marshall kind of echoed it as well. Uh, it, it's winning battles. And the Clayton Keller goal, Bruce Cassidy kind of alluded to as, well, it's a lost battle in front of the net, and in mm-hmm. games where it's such a tight margin for error, sometimes losing one battle is, is the game. But Mark Stone said, you know, there really wasn't a whole lot to the game tonight. We just we didn't find ways to finish. But for Bruce Cassidy, he seems to be saying that, like, at 5-on-5, five five, okay, the, the puck's not going in for us. We're hitting hot goaltending. That's part of it. But we're also not forcing the issue. We're not winning the battles below the goal line. We're not having the conviction to, to make it happen versus eventually waiting for, for water to find his level again you kind of heard that in the post game yeah
2: and I think it was disappointing too because you look at that game they had in Dallas on Wednesday and that was more of the blueprint that they'd like to play with you know it was a tight game kind of like the Arizona game but they got to overtime and they found a way to win in overtime and just couldn't generate any offense against Connor Ingram who again you know hey they run into some hot goaltenders you have to give credit where credit is due but that goal especially to Clayton Keller was just one like you said losing a battle in front and that's not the DNA of this team, right? They're, they're built to battle and they're built to win those battles late in games and it just wasn't happening for them on Saturday night.
1: And you mentioned you know, sometimes it just it just happens that way, but if if you look at the the losses that they've had during this stretch, uh, the shout-out to Charlie Lindgren, uh, shout-out. Uh, Alex Nedeljkovic and now Connor Ingram finding ways to get points against the Jake Ottinger so again mm-hmm. it's just trying to find an answer but now they go out on this road trip that starts in Calgary it's going to be a challenging road trip Calgary's not having the start to the season that they imagine. they're not a team that's been scoring a whole lot so perhaps find a little bit of balance there uh, trying to find a spark at the Saddle Dome uh, but Calgary Edmonton of course we're, we're all well aware of the turbulence that they've had in the first month and a half of the season they're starting to find their stride a little bit big win over uh, Anaheim or I should say a a, a prolific win over Anaheim last night scoring eight (laughs) goals but they're still trying to find their offensive footing and at the end of the trip a Vancouver team that's been one of the big surprises in the Western Conference uh, and in the Pacific Division so certainly it is a road trip where they're going to face talent whether the team's struggling or not they're going to face talent uh, but a, a stretch where you they're going to have to find a little bit of offensive jump uh, with what mm-hmm. you can expect coming the other way from the Edmontons and the Vancouver's.
2: Yeah, quick turnaround with this Calgary game, just one day off in between that game with Arizona and this one, so interested to see how they come out tonight. But tomorrow especially, this is an Edmonton team that there's, there's going to be some carryover animosity from last year's playoffs, so I wonder if that can give the Golden Knights a little jump because you figure Edmonton's going to do something after all the drama with Alex Petrangelo in the last series last year in the playoffs. That game might get a little testy early on and, You have to make sure in these first couple in this week because I I know their eyes are going to be set on that Vancouver game given how close they are in the standings. You have to take care of these two teams here. It might not be as close to you in the Pacific Division standings, but two teams that can definitely uh, can definitely beat the Golden Knights here.
1: For the Golden Knights tonight, uh, judging from what we heard from Ashley Weiss uh, earlier in the day, looks like perhaps a little bit of line shuffling that we'll see tonight. Uh, that includes any who's trying to, again, find a little bit of five-on-five spark. You're going to see some shuffling that's to be expected. Uh, but it looks like, uh, getting William Carlson and Jonathan Marchessault back together again might be one of the recipes uh, for success that Bruce Cassidy gives a try.
2: Yeah, I mean... Bruce Cassidy, he was trying a little bit at the end of that Arizona game. We saw Will Carrier go on Stevenson and Stone's line, and it didn't work out at the end. But Bruce Cassidy's a guy that's never afraid to to change things up lineup-wise. We see it in games. We see it between games. And I think that's a good change, getting guys like Jonathan Marshall and Will Carlson together, two of the guys that have been the highest producers for this team this year. And sometimes, even though you want a deep lineup and you want to kind of spread the wealth, so to speak, throughout the lineup, when you're in a slump like this, it could be good to – Group those guys together. Another
1: change that we saw yesterday for the Golden Knights, they called Caden Korzak up from Henderson, uh, the Golden Knights. Uh, without Shea Theodore without Alec Martinez look like that still might be the case for a little while we haven't seen lines but uh, I think the expectations that Caden Korzak is going to go in tonight that's another thing too for a team that's trying to to snap out of a, a little bit of a lull you know normalcy helps to do that too and uh, you know battle level you get from Alec Martinez of course the offensive infusion the power play influence that you get from a Shea Theodore uh, so another thing that they'll have to, to maneuver around as they try to get back uh, in the swing of things
2: I think Especially talk about the offense. That was one thing that was missing with Shea Theodore being out on Saturday, too. Could have used a guy like that to just try to generate something on his own, right? He's one of those guys on the Vegas team that doesn't need a lot of space. He can make a quick move and put a shot on goal, and it can change the entire complexion of the game. So missing Shea Shea Theodore offensively, but I think Bruce Cassidy has a lot of comfort in the guys like Braden Pahal, Ben Hutton, and Caden Korzak that have played significant minutes so far this season at just being able to come in and fill those roles they had one game with their entire lineup uh, you know all set and that was at the Pittsburgh game that they lost 3 to nothing but they've had guys like the Korzaks you know coming back in that hey they've been a part of this team for significant portions of time and I don't think they're going to miss too much of a beat with those guys
1: looking at the Calgary Flames who are right now right in the middle of the Pacific Division after a slow start they've been a bit better than 500 over the last 10 games they have points in 7 of their last 10 so they're trying to right the ship in and, and climb up but if you look at what's been noteworthily positive for Calgary. Uh, they're getting good production from the Andrew Uh Elias Lindholm has 15 points in 21 games. Nobody's skyrocketing offensively for the Calgary Flames, but the introduction of some of their young players, some of their prospects, Connor area first-round pick, has been very good since they brought him in, uh, as has Martin Pospisil. But if you look at some of the players that should be Leading things offensively, and you center on Jonathan Huberdeau, who I think enough time has passed now that you can, if you want to have a debate, who won the Huberdeau Kachuk trade. <laughs> right now, Florida's got a pretty hefty lead, uh, but for Huberdeau, a little bit better in in recent weeks, but still four goals, thirteen points in twenty one games. He and Blake Coleman have pretty much similar statistics. They need him to get going.
2: Yeah, and, and a minus twelve for Jonathan Huberdeau so yeah. far this season too. So, and
1: and and last year, I feel like part of the conversation towards the end of the season and the feel that, or right, we need a new voice, time to move on from, from Daryl Sutter. I think part of that was that it might be an impact on Jonathan Huberdeau, but new voices behind the bench, it hasn't really changed a whole lot.
2: Yeah, it's been disappointing on there, and, uh, you know, that was a blockbuster trade at the time it happened, and for them to watch Matthew Kachuk go on to the s- success that he had in the playoffs is a little tough there, but you, know, you talk about that youth infusion, some of those guys coming up, we personally know how good the Calgary Wranglers are in the AHL and how much talent they have down there, so getting some of that talent up and infusing it into the Calgary Flames lineup has been good for them and yeah, you look at their last few games it's been a little up and down 4-2 loss to Nashville had a big 7-4 win against the Stars and then they fell 3-1 on Saturday to the Avalanche. So both teams coming off similar rest, and we'll see who's ready tonight.
1: And uh, as we mentioned, for Bruce Cassidy, sounds like we've a little bit of a challenge to see his team uh, take hold of the game. Conviction, sometimes when you're having a hard time scoring, going on the road is a good recipe. There's been playing road hockey, so I don't think Vegas needs a road trip or a change (laughs) of scenery, but they're going to get one in Western Canada. We're going to hop out. When we come back, we'll hear from Director of Player Development, Will Nickel. He'll join us on the program. But before we do, we remind you that if you want to get the inside scoop on the Vegas Golden Knights 2023 Stanley Cup run, you should purchase It Hurts to Win. The official inside story of the 2022-23 Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights, online or at any of the team stores. Written by members of the VGK organization, including chairman and owner Bill Foley, president of hockey operations George McPhee, general manager Kelly McCrimmon, and select players, It Hurts to Win includes on-ice accomplishments, behind-the-scenes storytelling, anecdotes, and vignettes that will be shared for the first time. It Hurts to Win, now available for purchase in-store and online back in a moment brian mccormick justin russo here with you will nickel on the way on nighttime at noon on fox sports las vegas december we're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the vegas golden knights fox sports las vegas back on nighttime at noon brian mccormick justin russo here with you golden knights fans ever wondered where you can get game used vegas golden knights merchandise well look no further vgk authentics has got you covered From game-used pucks to game-worn jerseys, owning something from your favorite Golden Knights player has never been so easy. Check out what VGK Authentics has to offer and visit vegasteamstore.com, vegasteamstore.com. Well, as we turn to the future of the VGK and the prospect development wing, no one better to bring in than the director of player development, Mr. Will Nickel. Will, thanks for joining us on K10. We appreciate it. It's great to hear from you.
0: Hey, Brian. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me on. Hope you guys are doing well.
1: You know, we're doing very well, and, you know, during this Thanksgiving break, I had a little chance to relax at home. I was watching some TV, and I saw planes, trains, and automobiles was on on the loop, and I couldn't help but think of you because we know you're always on the road. You're always traveling. We're on
0: breakfast. It's one of my favorite movies, my wife will tell you. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. It's a great one. So, yeah, sometimes it feels like that for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it, but that's just uh, that's part of the gig.
1: Well, one of the players that you've uh, spent time Visiting with uh, and and, uh, bringing along in his professional development is uh, Everett Silvertips forward Ben Hemmerling, and he is now an even closer part of the VGK family. Of course, a draft pick in 2022, but signed his entry-level contract uh, this week. Uh, How happy are you for Ben, and and what have you seen in his game this season that uh, made this uh, a great decision for the VGK to get him inked?
0: Uh, Just extremely happy. It's, um, you know... The the best moments for my job, and I have a lot of great ones, but the best ones are when one of our prospects uh, signs their their first contract, uh, when they get their first game, you know, with the big club, when they get their first goal. Uh, those are all things that just uh, you can't put a price tag on. So actually, Thursday morning, Thanksgiving morning, my phone rang, and it was uh, I always call him the hammer, uh, but it was Ben, and. Um, it was just such a classy move. He called to uh, let me know that he was signing and I uh, just wanted to take some time to thank me uh, for everything that uh, I had done that Scott Jones had done uh, along the way for him. So that was great. Then I got a beautiful email from his mom and dad as well. So those are just things that you, you really cherish when you're in my position and uh, you, you never take for granted. Uh, Ben's earned it. You know, he's earned it just like all the guys uh, that we have uh, signed before him have, whether they're drafted or undrafted. You know, just because you get drafted doesn't mean that uh, you're going to sign uh, an NHL contract to the Vegas Golden Knights. So he's earned it. And uh, some people I think would say maybe even more so, you know, being a, a six-round pick, uh, being uh, a little bit mid-sized. Uh, you know he's not he's not six foot two six foot three so you could say that he had a few things maybe working against him and uh, you know he uh, he's he's earned every everything that he's gotten in his life which which I really love and admire about the kid.
2: That's awesome to hear the relationship that you guys have and and him reaching out is is a great touch. Uh, You look at him tied for the scoring lead this season with 25 points over there with the Silver Tips and looking forward to seeing his continued progression. But, you know, Ryan and I, we work closely with the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, You know, a lot of players within the organization looking to make a name for themselves. And Silver Knights off to a pretty hot start. What have you seen from some of the guys down there in Henderson?
0: They're off to a great start. Uh, Tons of credit to Tim Speltz uh Ryan Craig and uh, and Ryan and Craiger's uh, entire coaching staff you know Freddie Huey and kiss um, they, they've just done an outstanding job summit uh, who's our video coach so yeah they and, and the thing is and you guys know this because you've been riding shotgun if there's an injury or two not even with Henderson just up top then there is uh, an immediate, a ripple effect, right? And there's players that are being called up from Henderson and it's usually your top players, right? So the fact that uh, they're off to, I think it's 10-6-1-1, right? 22 points in their first 18 games uh, is, is a credit to that uh, entire staff. It's a credit to the players. So, um, you know, what I've seen, if you want a general answer, and, and it's something that I, I just really have enjoyed seeing in, in this stretch, is I've seen growth. I've seen development. I've seen you can go right down the line, whether it's a first-year player or someone who's there their second year, third year, fourth year, whatever it may be. I see them getting better in the areas that they need to uh, to hopefully get themselves across town.
1: With Director of Player Development, Will Nickel, looking at that HSK roster, Will, both what you've seen and what you've heard in the conversations that you have, I know from from speaking with you, I was so excited to see what Jacob Rabinitz and, and Jakob Demick were going to be able yep. to do in their first pro seasons. And yep. what, what you see early on, and I think it speaks to a lot of the young players in Henderson, is that they're being allowed to be what they're supposed to be. They're not being asked to fill a role that isn't, isn't them. And you see Jacob Rabinitz playing a skill playmakers-type game, and you yep. see Jacob Demick learning how to be a really big body in the lower in the bottom six and do really good things defensively. Both seem very comfortable and uh, at peace with with what they are.
0: Yeah, that's a ton of credit again to Craig. Right, um, we we've had some good conversations uh, going into the year. He had a real good understanding of what these guys uh, were, and he trusted. You know, he trusted myself, Bob Lowes, Von Carpen, Um who you know, we all work together, but, uh, he, he trusted us with that and he's put those guys in those spots. Like Butch does the same thing. Right. And I give, uh, Butch and, and his staff a, a ton of credit. You saw it last year and you see it this year and they bring a player up, they bring them up to play and to play to their strengths. Right. So, uh, I think the thing that I'd say about Brabs is, you know, they missed him. They missed him when, when he was out. And, um, uh, that's a credit to to him and uh, and he's really done a nice job. He hope that he can stay healthy as well as Demmer because uh, you want them to get more and more games and miles under their belt. But the other kid, the first year player there guys who I think had a heck of a year, and uh, is isn't necessarily flashy, but uh, boy, is he doing well as, as said. So I think Christopher setoffs had a heck of a start.
1: We've been talking about Christopher Setoff a lot, and, and you hear all the time from from the veteran players. He's played a lot with Jake mm-hmm. Bischoff. Is there's just there's a poison of composure that he's gotten to quickly in his first month and a half of pro hockey.
0: Yeah, no question about that. And um, you know, for the fans out there who don't realize it, he he went undrafted, right? So similar to a Zach Whitecloud or a Braden Pahal, um, You know, Whitey's obviously had uh, more more games um, and more miles under his belt at the NHL level. But Pickle, you know, Pickle's been an awesome free agent sign as well and has uh, definitely helped out our big club. You know, Seds is along that that line if you kind of do a comparable, uh, his first year pro. And um, he's just uh, doing everything that we've asked him to do. So, yeah, real happy for him as well.
2: Yeah, Christopher Sadoff, <clears throat> certainly a guy that we've talked a lot about um, I <clears throat> wanted to mention some of the guys down in Savannah as well. You know, we talked a lot about the Silver Knights, but guys like Joe yeah. Fleming and Patrick A in Savannah have been really driven that team.
0: Yeah, well you guys have gotten to see Patty, right, quite a bit. Uh he's he's been up uh with Henderson and, and currently he's he's down in Savannah. Um you know, Rick, Rick Bennett and uh, his staff, you know, Alex Lowe and Nick Tosolino, they, they've done a real good job. I'm actually going to see both clubs, right? I'll see, I'll be in Savannah on Thursday and then I'm coming to Henderson for the Friday, Sunday games. Um, but, but, you know, I'd say that about Rick and his staff too. Like they put those guys in the uh, situations for them to, to shine and to show their strengths. Flemmer's been down there the whole year, and that's that's been by design, right? We talked to him about that, and I give the kid credit—he's embraced it. Uh, We want him to play, and want him to play big minutes, and uh, and that's what he's done. You know, he's fun to watch. He's a he's a a fan favorite down there because you know at times he's he's like a bowling ball with ears and just uh, (laughs) just destroys guys. But you know, sometimes your strengths can be your weakness, and and Flemmer likes to look for those big hits, and sometimes. His need to kind of calm his game down. The, the term that we say is just have some order uh, with and without the puck, and he's done that. And uh, Nick Tuzzolino, who, who works with the defense down there, has done a real good job with him. And uh, I'm excited to see Patty down there on Thursday. You know, I know he went down there with a purpose. Uh, Spelty and Crager talked to him about that, and that's to get down there and uh, play bigger minutes, because Patty's got an offensive component to his game that we all know and we've all seen, and sometimes you just need to do that. Sometimes it's a guy that needs to come down from Vegas to Henderson to to find that part of their game, and in this case, it's Patrick going down to to Savannah to do that.
1: we with Will Nickel. I think, and Will, it's a great point that you make, both with the, the job that Rick Bennett does in Savannah and what the organization gets out of Savannah, because – Last year, Patrick Gay, newly drafted, and you said the discussion was the plan was for him to go to Savannah, and that's where he was get his first pro reps. Joe Fleming, NHL contract, but the plan is to go to Savannah. In some organizations, going to the ECHL is, is not when an NHL contracted or drafted player wants to hear, but it's the plan behind it here in the Vegas organization is one that players are very receptive to.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's Kelly and George, obviously. Um, they, they, uh, they've... Um, set the tone for that, but, uh, you know, they, we, we run everything through them, but Tim Speltz and Carp and, and Bobby and I, um, you know, when these kids are coming in for their first year, that, that, that's the thing. And, and, and I'll say this, like I, I have the development hat on probably too much at times, you know, because it's my job, but that's what I'm always looking at. Is, okay. What's best for their development? What's best for their development? Because I think if you can put players in those situations, um, and they succeed, well, with success comes confidence, right? And uh, with co- with confidence, there's more success that goes hand in hand. So um, we really try to do that with each player. Is Like Christopher Setoff, for example, we, we felt like, you know what, he can handle this, and he's going to play the right minutes here in Henderson. So that's where we put him. We're Flemmer. We felt like the best thing for him this first year was to start him in Savannah and have him play those big minutes. Same with Patrick. Uh, Gay last year, Swetlikoff, uh Daniel D'Amato, you know, and, and that's where Rick and his staff down to Savannah need to, to, to be credited is they played those guys last year and they played the big minutes and those guys all got better. And all three of those guys, you know, at the start of the year uh, earned the right to play for Henderson. So.
2: Well, piggybacking off of the Savannah ghost pirates and, Looking more towards some of the junior prospects. Do you have a name or two that you're keeping your eye on that maybe Golden Knights fans should get to know early on? Yeah, well,
0: yeah. I mean, you guys know me well enough. I don't want to single guys out uh, too much. Uh, it's just not how our organization is. But uh, here, here's what I'd say: the guys that are going to be graduating uh, from from junior hockey that uh, the, the people will probably be seeing next year in Henderson. You know, the first one would be Sapovalov. In Saginaw, um, big, strong two-way center iceman uh, that uh, I I think Bob Lowe's and his staff deserve a ton of credit for getting where they got him in the draft. Uh, I think this kid's a first-round value for sure, and uh, we got him in the second round. So that's just a great job by their staff. But this is going to be his third World Juniors guys coming up. Uh, which is also pretty rare for one of the better countries, right? Like the Czechs had a great season last year or a great tournament last year. He was their top line center, and I'm sure you guys were watching. Uh, He shut down Bedard um, in the the one game against Canada. Like This this kid's legit uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, What I like about Sappel uh, probably the most is he's he's just very, very uh, coachable, uh, he wants feedback. He wants to get better and he just goes and plays. He just goes and plays. So, you know, Brian, you and I could be his wingers. He wouldn't care. He'd just go and play. <laughs> or you could have, or you could have, you know, um, the top, the, the, top two, uh, wingers in the organization with him and, and he doesn't, he doesn't change. You know, he just goes out and plays his game. So there will be a lot to be excited about with him. Uh, you know, Ben Hemmerley, obviously we just discussed as well. Uh, the kid that, uh, I know he's getting a lot of attention right now because he's putting the puck in the net from the blue line is, is R2 Karki uh, from the Sioux, and uh, and he's off to a really nice start um, in the offensive category for sure. So.
1: How about, Will, uh, just as I've been looking through some of the prospects lists, uh, Matthew Catterford is, is another guy who's just got electric numbers through the first quarter of the season in Halifax.
0: I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, he's another one. When you look at where we got him, I think it's 77th overall uh, in the third round. Uh, I think if, if when when they go back and do a redraft, um, he's going to be much higher uh, in that redraft. Uh, at least going into last weekend, he was second in the uh, Quebec League in points. He was first in plus-minus, mm-hmm. and that and that's a that's a pretty uh, telling one, right? Because he's not just about points, which oftentimes will happen in juniors you know uh, he's playing the right way he's playing the right way how, how you know I always start with Butch right like that's how Butch wants our guys to play is to be good two way uh, forwards in all three zones that's Matthew catiford but yeah he's got a real combination of hockey sense skill creativity he can finish and he plays hard like he plays hard he, he, he'd be he'd be a difficult one to play against if you're an opposing D
1: well, just a couple more before we let you go with Will Nickel, the director of player development. You, you mentioned earlier when you were talking about Matias All of the, uh, the upcoming, quickly upcoming World Juniors, which is about a little less than a month away. You know, we love it as fans because it's, it's Junior Olympics. It's just a ton of fun. But from <laughs> yeah. a development standpoint, I, I have to think you guys can learn so much from a player in that setting because, I mean, that's... That's like putting uh, development into a turbo changer uh, chamber. You, you you grow up a lot in a week at that tournament, I would think.
0: Yeah, well, they're playing against their their, their peers, right? Uh, sometimes they're playing against older players, like Sappel, you know, did obviously his first year, uh, and, and even last year. Now this year he'll be uh, at the oldest age bracket for the tournament. But uh, you do you learn a lot about them. You know, Kelly McCrimmon says it, and I always like to cite my sources. You know, it's, it's usually where they're slotted. Uh, on their team, especially the big countries, right? Uh, Canada, U.S., uh, the Swedes, uh, the Finns. Usually where they're slotted is, is pretty close to where they're going to project um, as a pro. Now, you also have to keep in mind that they have to keep developing and keep getting better, but it, it is. It's a real good eval. Um, you know, I'll be there for, for over a week. I think i leave on a Wednesday and come back on a Friday because those are really good, meaningful games. Uh, Sapovalov will be there I, I do think that Karki will be there with the Fins, and I do think David Edstrom uh, will be there with Team Sweden uh, You know, he's another one guys I was over there for three of his games and uh, I'll go back over in February but he's playing on the top um, in the top men's uh, division over there the Elite League for Falunda and he, he's playing meaningful minutes uh, it's, it's right around 15 to 16 minutes a game and uh, he's got a lot of uh, a Nick Wah uh, in his game as a Saple, uh, just real good two way center. So yeah, there's a lot for the Golden Knight uh, fan base to be excited about with some of these young prospects.
2: Well, last one before we let you go, Will um, wanted to talk about Nick Holden, and you know, of course, VGK fans will remember Nick, but how he's settling into his role in player development.
0: That's a great question, you guys, and I don't want to tell you what to do, but uh, you know he's going to be in town with me uh, this Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, if you want, you should grab him, you know, in between uh, periods and, and, and talk to him. Because to, I want to speak for him. Uh, what I'll tell you from from my standpoint is I, I absolutely love uh, working with him. Uh, as you guys know, uh, we, we got to have Shea Weber uh, with us a little bit last year when we had his contract, and I, I really loved working with Shea. Uh, and uh, I, I love working with Nick um, for a lot of the same reasons. Um, you know, they, they, they bring something to our development department that I can't give the players, and uh, I'm always very honest. When talking to the players, I, I can give them or the organization can give them just about everything, but I never played pro hockey and I'm not going to pretend to to be something that I'm not. Well, Nick Holden not only played pro hockey, but, you know, I love his journey. You know, he went undrafted. Um, he played uh, quite a bit, quite a bit in the American League. Like he, he's one of those that really had to earn every single thing that he got and, uh, he's got a great mind for the game. He's got a passion for it. He's working with our defensemen. Uh, I think it's a real good balance, his schedule, uh, as he's got four young kids, um, where he's not on the road, you know, nearly as much as I am. Uh, but he's on the road enough, uh, where he's got good personal contact with our defensemen. And, uh, and, and he's, he's already a knack for it. Like I tease him all the time. I'm like, uh, you, you got to take my job here pretty quick or for what? <laughs> like he's, he's doing that good of a job for us, uh, in year one. And, uh, I know he's enjoying it. I think sometimes guys, and it's something that, uh, you know, I, I know that we're, we're trying to do a better job of just in pro sports in general is I think that there's oftentimes, uh, a tough period or a void when these players retire. Um, you know, they kind of go from, I don't want to say from all to nothing, but they go from a certain lifestyle uh, where they're playing in front of these big crowds and they're traveling and, and they're very scheduled with their mm-hmm. day-to-day uh, to, I don't want to say doing nothing, but a very relaxed environment. And I think that this has probably helped Nick you know, with that transition where he's got the balance, he's got the family time, but he's also very much involved in the game.
1: Well, if he's going to be in town, we'd love to talk to him because we love talking to you. Director of Player Development, Will Nickel, always a a wealth of knowledge and doing a terrific job developing some uh, future Golden Knights. Will, thanks for taking the time. We really enjoyed having you on.
0: Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Anytime. Appreciate it.
1: That is Will Nickel, and uh, if we could talk to him every day, I'd be a smarter man for it, but he'd never have time to do his job. But uh, always great having Will on the program.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. And just like you said, he is everywhere <clears throat> within this organization, going even with the junior prospects, trying to follow them around. So a guy that is well-versed in everything VGK. Omniscient Will Nickel.
1: <laughs> we'll hop out when we come back. More of Nighttime at Noon. Brian McCormick, Justin Russo here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
2: Air Insurance.
1: Live from City National Arena, this is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights fans, want to learn how to skate like the pros? Curious to see where the Golden Knights practice, or do you want to grab some gear? Well, stop by and visit City National Arena, located in downtown Summerlin, as the official practice facility of the Vegas Golden Knights. There it is on your screen. For hours and programming, visit citynationalarena.com, citynationalarena.com. Brian McCormick, Justin Russo here with you on nighttime at noon. Just caught up with Will Nickel, the Director of Player Development, who is brilliant, informative, and very generous with his time. We appreciate Will hopping on to talk to us about uh, the future Golden Knights and uh, for Ben Hemmerling, uh, at least on paper, current Golden Knight, having Mm -hmm. a terrific season uh, in Everett. As we move uh, forward in our program, in our next segment, we're going to hear a commentary from this morning and Bruce Cassidy as the Golden Knights get set to kick off this three games in four days swing through Western Canada starting tonight at the Saddledome in Calgary. Uh, let's take a broader look at the NHL, as we often do, and the, the news, notes, numbers, and highlights. It occurred to me, I always think about this time of year, Justin, this is usually the mark on the calendar that you'll hear all hockey people identify as the point in the season – where it's not early anymore. You can't say oh we're off to a bad start or oh we're trying to figure out by this time of year they say look at the ske- uh, the standings. Teams that are playoff teams, teams that are not playoff teams. That doesn't change a whole lot. Now, not a hard and fast rule, but it is a a decades long trend and sometimes there are teams that break that rule and maybe the 2019 blues is the best example last place on january 1st and search. Yep. but it does make me think all right let's let's take that thanksgiving look at the standings if you're the golden knights sitting at the top very very happy with it and you know you've got some plucky young teams around you like the la kings like the vancouver canucks who uh, have designs of their own but the vgk uh, are, in a, are in a good spot are there any teams as we look at the standings now where are they candidates where that Thanksgiving rule might not apply. Is anyone better than they're showing? Is anyone due to come back to
2: regress to the mean a bit? I'm looking at a couple teams in the Metropolitan Division in, in kind of both directions here. You the, the Division. Yeah. yeah. The Philadelphia Flyers, I'm looking at the very least, I think they've kind of outperformed themselves just a bit early on in this season. Uh, you know, I don't think the expectations were fully there for them to be in the third spot in the Metro uh, and the New Jersey Devils down in seventh right now after the season that they had last year, just 19 points. They're in seventh place, but you look at the gap, much different than the Pacific Division. The gap between second place and seventh place in the Metropolitan is just six or five points, rather. So a lot yeah. of room for movement in the Metropolitan, and uh, I think those two teams are going to kind of get back to where they are. Yeah, I
1: think be. sometimes that could be position-based as well. If you look at the Devils, great year last year, pretty similar team to last year, mm-hmm. but what was the position that was kind of in flux in the postseason last year it was goaltending yeah. and that's not really all that cemented now either you know I think sometimes this time of year you also look for okay where is that uh, that litmus test game that tells us if the standings are lying to mm-hmm. us and over the weekend you look at the Rangers and the Bruins uh, I don't think anyone had a question whether the Bruins are real I think the question is okay are the Rangers as good as that that uh, record looks after a game against the Bruins I think that kind of sets that to rest okay the Rangers are are that are they better than the Bruins that we don't know mm-hmm. but they're Record is not a mirage. Similarly, I mean, you look out west. I, I mean, I, I think, I think Vancouver is real. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Edmonton is one of those teams that is going. They have the talent that they, they yeah. want to just go on a run and surge. They certainly can. But since the coaching changed, right around five hundred, mm-hmm. their good games are or, or their their scoring games, like yesterday against Anaheim, they look like themselves. Yep their games against tighter competition, they still look like a team that gets off to rough starts and, and never has a, a, a throttle hold of the game.
2: I don't know if they're a team that can find that fire. And it's not even a case of they've been you know struggling a little bit this season. They are they have just 15 points this season. They are way down in the standings in the Pacific Division. So, it would be one thing if they were, you know, perhaps in the spot of the Kraken, you know, 21 points, maybe you know, eight points back of that third place spot. But they are way down there in the standings, just after a horrible start. So, talent-wise, yes, McDavid, Drysutter, you think they might be able to dig out of it. But we need to see something in in net f- consistently for them yeah. to be believed in terms of getting back in the race.
1: Now, a team that may have fixed that problem, I just didn't even a problem because they knew they were going to have to deal with this. They've just dealt with it well. The Tampa Bay Lightning, mm-hmm. without Andre Vasilevsky for the first essentially two months of the season, they knew that was going to be their situation. They just got him back. He gets a win in his season debut, a game in which Tampa scored eight goals. on What was it, 15 shots or yeah. something? It almost Insane. Took the onus off of Andre Vasilevsky, <laughs> but made 22 saves and was very good. And now you look at that Atlantic Division, which is wide open. Florida, Detroit, Tampa, Toronto, all within two points of each other uh plus or minus a game in hand i mean they're all right neck yeah. and neck and now tampa takes you could argue the best goaltender in the league and just drops him into that mix they really did a good job of
2: sustaining through what could have been a backbreaking problem to start the year oh 100% they weathered the storm the best they could uh, no lightning pun intended there but um <laughs> yes it was <laughs> Okay, maybe a little it's wildly bit. intended. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you look at this Atlantic division has historically always been super tight, and it's been Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Those are the teams you always look at. But like you said, the Panthers last year, Regular season-wise weren't necessarily in the mix, but they shot up in the playoffs. And look at Detroit there at 25 points. Maybe that's a team you circle that maybe could fall off just a bit given the talent of the teams around them, but that is going to be a tight finish. And if you're going to bet on anything, you want to bet on the top goaltender, and that's Vasilevsky.
1: Looking at the Pacific, same question. You know, again, Edmonton we discussed. After Edmonton, though, this is looking at a macro picture. Right now it's Golden Knights, Kings, Canucks, and then a second tier. I yeah. think it's going to be that top. mm mm-hmm tier
2: yeah and and not to simplify things just look at the goal differential on, on the stats page yeah. plus 19 for Vegas plus 29 for LA plus 32 for Vancouver every other team in the negative in the double digits except for the Edmonton Oilers so a pretty stark contrast there and I think it's pretty much just going to be jockeying for a position between the VGK LA and Vancouver down the line and
1: we'll see Vancouver at the end of the week for the VGK on Thursday but Quinn Hughes having a Norris season oh yeah uh I, I believe the quickest defenseman to 30 points in 20 years, or so. it's just He's a good. ridiculous start for <laughs> Quinn Hughes. And meanwhile, Pedersen is Pedersen. JT yep. Miller's been JT Miller, and uh, Brock Besser's had a phenomenal start as well. That's a team that scores goals, and oh, that's yeah. uh, that's going to be a defensive challenge for anybody, and certainly for the VGK on Thursday. Yeah, we will hop out uh, when we come back. We're going to hear from Bruce Cassie and continue to get you set for tonight. The Golden Knights and the Calgary Flames at the Saddle Dome That's straight ahead on K10. Brian McCormick, Justin Russo here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. You can watch your Vegas Golden Knights this season with Nighttime Plus. Download Nighttime Plus today on your smartphone, tablet, computer, or television to watch the 2023 Stanley Cup champions live. Nighttime Plus delivers all locally televised games on Scripps Sports as well as bonus content created throughout the season. Download now. To tune in to all the action all season long on Nighttime Plus. Back in Studio 31, along with Justin Russo, I'm Brian McCormick. This is Nighttime at Noon. Also, give some love to Ron on the other side of the screen, Bryn in the corner of the room. And uh, Ruben on the other side of the radio dial. Everyone keeping this show moving in the right direction. Uh, Of course, you can also follow this program simulcast on all of our VGK social platforms. Um, Bryn, use your elaborate system of hand signals and let me know, uh, have we got any questions or any commentary from the fans out in the ether? Does anyone (laughs) uh, want the expertise of myself or Justin? Of course they don't. Good. That means we're covering everything properly. But as we get you ready for the Golden Knights and Calgary Flames tonight... Uh, who better, what better expert source can we have than head coach Bruce Cassidy? He spoke after this morning's morning skate, and let's hear what Bruce Cassidy had to say. All right, folks, we're going to hop back in here because I think we have a little bit of a technical difficulty between the two. I don't know if they're getting audio on the streaming side for Bruce Cassidy. I know we're not getting it on the radio side, so... Uh, We will pull the plug on this and, uh, of course, on the VGK uh, social channels throughout the afternoon. You can find Bruce Cassidy's commentary. You'll also be able to, I'm sure, hear about uh, what he had to say on the VGK Insider Show this afternoon with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. That'll get you set for the game as well. Uh, But for now, for us, Bruce Cassidy's immediate comments will remain a little bit of a mystery, so sorry for that, <laughs> Secretive. Sorry for that mishap. But, you know, I, I think when you look back at the uh, the commentary we've already talked about over the last couple of days, uh, we talked about what Bruce Cassidy spoke about. I think one of the players that showed a lot of frustration over the fact of, you know, got to find some scoring, and again, it's not for lack of chances, it's not for lack of opportunity, uh, a little bit of lack of finish, some of that's going to be the, uh, the the hockey gods working against you, and then some of it is, again... The, the convictions and the, uh, the stick to to force the issue and to, to make it happen. And when that's the case, you need your best players to be your best players and do that. And a player that I would have an eye on tonight, because of how he was speaking about it, Jonathan Marchessault sounded like someone who's had enough. And he's a guy I would really hone in on as being an impact guy in Calgary.
2: Yeah, someone that I think takes it a bit personally. You know, a guy that loves to score goals and wants to contribute to this team and you know, you look at the shutout losses, okay, you get the shutout loss in in Washington. Maybe if you get one here or there, you say, okay, we ran into a hot goalie. But I, I think the Golden Knights have recognized that with three shutout losses over the last six, it's, okay, might be running into some hot goalies, but some of this has got to be on us, and we've just got to work a bit harder, and we've got to start finishing our chances. And Jonathan Marsh is definitely one of those guys that you look toward as a guy that can spark this team.
1: And as we discussed, it's a Calgary team that is, again, plus 500 hockey of of late, uh, but has talent to be better And, and of late. Uh, Connor Zary, Martin Pospisil, giving them a little bit of a shot of life. We'll see if their players at the VGK have to keep an eye on uh, tonight. Since we're sitting in this chair, and this is a chance we have to give people a bit of an HSK update, what's going on (laughs) down the farm, and we heard from uh, Will Nickel, who gave us a great, broad, organizational look. It's been very interesting so far this season, I think, how the VGK and the HSK have very... It's been very parallel how they've run along. If there's an issue on the VGK side, the HSK are experiencing it too. They've had the offense dry up a little bit over the last couple of weeks. They had gone winless in four games, 0-2-2. They snapped that last night with an overtime win over the Tucson Roadrunners. Gage Quinney's 100th career AHL goal is the overtime winner. See if they can get a little bit of a lift from that.
2: And I think sometimes you can see those parallels, and you'd expect them if, okay, you know, some guys on on Vegas are hurt and they're getting called up from Henderson. But I think it was just a case of both teams suffered injuries separately kind of at the same time with Henderson losing Gage Quinney, Tyler Benson, Jacob Rabinitz, Jakob Demick. They lost a lot down the middle through the middle part of, you know, October and November there, and they're starting to get healthy again. They had the little skid, the the four-game winless skid, Um, but it was good to see Gage Quinney get that goal yesterday. And it was a game in which, you know, It could have went either way. The Silver Knights actually held a lead going into the third period, which was something that we hadn't seen from them in quite a while, and they were able to hold on and get a couple of points.
1: I think what what this audience certainly, uh, the the broadest part of this audience is going to be interested in, is the performance of Brendan Brisson, who's been a better-than-point-per-game player over the course of the last seven. Uh, And while the scoring has been hard to come by, it's been he and Grigory Denisenko in the interim who were carrying things forward. As uh, so you got look, Jonas Romberg scoring last night for the Silver Knights as well. But uh, it's been a good stretch for Brendan Brisson, who's showing that he's he's growing up quick.
2: Yeah, and I think the thing for Brisson that he's wanted to focus on this season is just everything away from the puck. The defensive part of the game, playing a full 200-foot game, we know he's got that shot, and he's beaten a lot of goaltenders this season with that shot. uh, Right behind Denisenko for the points lead on the team, he's been excellent so far, and I think his well-rounded game is really coming along, and as the whole team gets healthy, everything's starting to look up for the HSK.
1: And it's just worth revisiting one more time because uh, Will Nickel made a point of bringing it up You look at the youth on the HSK. One guy you really do got to keep an eye on is Christopher Setoff. It's quiet, but it's steady, steady is what he's been. And doing so, playing alongside some veteran players. When Setoff wasn't playing with Jake Bischoff, it was because Caden Korzak was. Mm -hmm. And Korzak gets called up. They put Setoff right back in that spot. It's been seamless, and it's been very mature for a young player.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like a... As a defensive defenseman, a little bit, it's almost like an offensive lineman in football. If I don't hear a name all game, then you're probably doing you're doing something the right good. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's also been contributing <laughs> offensively too. Let's not make any mistake about it. He's had a ton of chances to get that first goal it hasn't quite come yet for him but he's had a lot of good looks and he's been a playmaker too offensively so he's been really steady and for a guy you, you wouldn't even notice that he's a rookie playing his first few ahl games out there
1: steady steady we can get that on a shirt right that, that is, 100%, I think. is staying power well <laughs> once more again golden knights and the calgary flames going to work tonight at the saddle dome for the golden knights again they're atop the pacific they're in a good spot but this feels like an important four-day stretch
2: yeah 100 and i don't think they need can take any of these games lightly you know you talk about a, a potential trap game if you will we talked a bit about about that with Darren Elliott on the Silver Knights broadcast uh, in terms of the VGK but you can't look ahead to that Vancouver game you can't look ahead to the Edmonton game which we know there's probably going to be a little bit of bad blood you have to focus on tonight and you have to focus on getting the puck in the back of the net
1: well it'll all come tonight on Fox Sports Las Vegas and on Vegas 34 Uh, 6.30 puck drop at the Saddle Dome, pregame at 6 p.m., and we'll have Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. They'll have the VGK Insider Show here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. That'll go from 4 to 5.30 today, leading right into game. So, Justin, this is a lot of fun. Let's get home, get to the couch, and uh, get ready for some uh, good action tonight from the Saddle Dome. Good stuff today. Special thanks to Will Nickel, uh, Nickel, Director of Player Development, for joining us. Lots of fun on nighttime at noon. See you later on tonight for VGK Hockey on Fox Sports Las Vegas.